Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Seven minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. This is my insipid little show. And the phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Devin Archer. Yesterday was Devin Archer Day in the U.S. Uh, inside the Beltway uh, in the swamp. And the swamp was gurgling. They just, they just smell the methane. Sort of reeking uh, across uh, all the coverage there. Uh, listen, this business of the the then vice president sitting in on over twenty calls with that skis Hunter Biden's business associates. Uh, he was just he was just being polite, man. He was just you know they're they're just sitting there and Joe's there, and so it wouldn't be awkward for everyone because he's there. Hey, put him on the phone, let him say hello. I can't believe you QAnon weirdos, you goose-stepping MAGA hat wearers, are, are, are focusing on this. Holy crap. Um, well, yeah, we're focusing on it. It, it, it. Over 20 business calls, one lunch meeting, I guess, yes, with some guys from this Ukrainian company, uh, this Burisma, and uh, uh, I, 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 it, it is bizarre to me. I, I, I keep thinking I can't be shocked. I can't be surprised. And ultimately, on an intellectual level, no, I really can't be shocked by anything, anything these people do. I'm not shocked intellectually. Uh, but I'm gut shocked. Uh, watching all of these liberal idiots, whether they're in the media or they're politicals, political people or, or, or whatever, watching them circle the wagons around this stuff and, and, and protecting well beyond the point of reason people who are scumbags. The, these are the worst of us. These are the worst Americans in the world. These are horrible freaking people. Uh, who have sold policy, uh, who have sold their own their own souls, who, who have done all of this crap to enrich themselves beyond all imagination. I mean, these are public servants. <laughs> Trey and I were talking during one of the breaks. These people come in to government, and they're there to solve problems for the people, to be the voice of the people. Uh, and, and what do they do? They, they do backdoor dealing such as this, and they make crap loads of money, uh, off of some pretty bad actors and, uh, watching, uh, all these progressive morons who quite, or, or normally, I guess you'd have to sit and listen to their sanctimony about climate change and black people and poor people. Right. What's the common mythology? We're the party that cares about the little guy. And the working man, champ, you know, same people, same crowd that can't shut up with their with their endless preaching about this stuff. And yet they are perfectly fine with the Bidens enriching themselves for a couple of generations now. And making crab loads of money. The the Bidens are the very definition of privilege as, as, as far as that word is is defined in a popular way these days. They are it. They are privilege. That's white privilege right there. These are corrupt white guys. Okay, corrupt white guys uh, who don't care one molecule about all the people of color who are rolling across the border and losing their lives or getting sold or trafficked or dying of fentanyl. These these great paragons, <laughs> these warriors, uh, these allies of uh, of all these folks who who don't quite fit in, who aren't white people, you know, don't don't care one molecule about all the black people who die every single day in Chicago or Baltimore or Philadelphia because of gang violence, because of general crappiness. They don't care about those people at all. These are white people enriching white people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, these are the very definition of what any good liberal will tell you they despise. They're they're killing the earth with, you know, every time uh, Joe Biden has to go uh, on vacay, you know, and get some me time, some wellness time. It takes an entourage, a small army of earth-killing vehicles to get him there. Again, personally enriching themselves 
by strong-arming or, or uh, extorting or influencing other governments and coming up with fake com- uh, companies to funnel the money through, and you guys are fine with this. It's one of your guys. He's got a D at the end of his name, so it's, it's all good. Why are you guys digging this stuff up? You're just sore losers, man, and probably racists who hate trannies. It's stunning to watch this crap unfold before your very eyes. Because you know and I know if you merely reverse the letters and this was a Republican vice president doing exactly the same thing with his grown-ass adult son, uh, they they would already have been yanked out of office and possibly put in a cage. We know because that's what they've been trying to do, trying to do to Donald Trump uh, since he came on the scene numerically in the primaries of 2015 and 2016. There's a saying, I think Don Rackler uh, uh, from John Wayne posted this on, on Facebook uh, about a week ago, that those who do the accusing tend to be the ones doing the doing. Okay, yeah. The Bidens are the worst people in the world. But you know what? Okay, they all are. The Bidens are just the most extreme example of what they're all freaking doing, what Pelosi's been doing for a long time, what Schumer's been doing for a long time, Jerry Nads, uh, Schiff, all of them, man. These scumbags, they, they exist in politics to enrich themselves and to control the little people as much as they can because the more, I guess, freedom of thought and freedom of movement... Uh, the little people have, the more the money train is uh, at risk of uh, flying off the tracks. And they need the money train to keep rolling. I've just, I'm, I've just, I never thought I would live in a moment where it was this freaking obvious. And yeah, it's not lost on me, uh, the fact that ABC News has led pretty much for 24 hours with this stuff about Trump and possible indictments or further indictments. That's the big scandal. That's the big scandal. All right. Uh, n- not that your, your sitting president is very obviously corrupt as the day is long. And via his crack-smoking son has been selling policy. There's no other way to put it. Again, these are people who are still bitching and moaning about Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was an amateur compared to a guy like Joe Biden. All Richard Nixon did was send G. Gordon Liddy into a freaking headquarters of a political party to try to get some op- some op- uh, opposition research. That's it. We, got, we need some dirt on these guys. Not saying that was a great thing to do. It was horrible. But are you really seriously going to tell me that Watergate was somehow on the same level as what we're seeing with our own eyes right now in regards to what these people have been doing since he's been in office? What they're all doing presently in office? I mean, again, I, I, I guess I could roll with it if you would at least drop the sanctimonious preaching about being allies and the salt of the earth and the working man and the middle class, if you could just drop that crap, I think I could at least accept uh, or accept that you accept how freaking corrupt you are. Because you know what? If you're cool with this, you're a part of it. (laughs) ABC, silence is violence. So, I don't know. Here's my cynicism kicking into high gear, though. You know what's going to happen? Nothing. (laughs) What's going to happen to the Bidens? Nothing. Nothing. Because, baby, until you're willing to go in there and absolutely drain that swamp, the swamp will continue and the methane will continue to gurgle, making billions of dollars for a whole bunch of people who are mediocre at best. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, man, News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071, 21 minutes after 9. Everybody's also talking about the passing of Pee Wee Herman, Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, uh, at the age of 70 after uh, a private cancer battle uh 
And, uh, you know, Pee Wee's one of those guys that you really can't not have a reaction to one way or the other. I didn't realize, guys, until uh, I was just kind of refreshing my mind that Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which was a great movie. I mean, I know most of the time I I saw it, I was high. In fact, when I saw saw it at the theater, I was probably fairly stoned. Right. But that was Tim Burton's first big major release. Yeah. Either, I forgot. Either didn't know or I forgot to. Tim Burton. Tim. In other words, if not, and that movie was very successful. And yeah, it did uh, all right. Had it not been successful, would there have been a Tim Burton uh, with a, with all the other movies? Uh, so he was putting out uh, uh, some Facebook stuff or social media stuff about Pee Wee. Look, here's the deal about Pee Wee Herman. Okay, you either got the joke or you didn't get the joke. You know what I mean? Right. You either got the you either got what he was doing, mm-hmm. or and in my mind, what he was doing was was kind of making fun of kids programming, right? In the era that he had grown up in, because he's a gener he's boomer that we're Gen X, but he was kind of mocking that, yeah. And in a sense, saying something about America or America, the way we consume entertainment for kids or whatever, and he was funny as hell. He just was a really funny odd guy. And I, like you guys were saying, I, I was already, by the time the TV show came on, I was already out partying and hanging out with slow-eyed women. And so I uh, <laughs> I wasn't watching a lot of Saturday morning TV. Right. But the movie was great. I loved the movie. Yeah, the movie was a lot of fun. Large Marge. Large Marge. Do we have, can we all not? not yeah. You can't forget Large you know, Marge. That's when we learned that there actually is not a basement at the Alamo. I did. Right. I forgot about that. That it was a big <laughs> Alamo movie. Yeah. Did you see the Alamo's Facebook post? I did. Yeah, they did a I wonder, did. That was great, wasn't it? That yes. was funny as hell, man. I mean, they say every day someone says, "Is there really a basement? Is there a basement at the Alamo?" <laughs> it's all because of Pee Wee's big basement? adventure, yeah. man. Right. Uh, you know, and again, like you said, part of the inside joke through all of the all of his work as the character, it was kind of like that. You know, there's no basement at the Alamo. However, right. he's going to lead you to believe that there is one. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's where you do find people that either really, really liked him or really didn't like him at all. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, I'd forgotten uh, that the Pee Wee's Big Adventure evolved out of a stage show. It was a stage show they would do at these small theaters. Yeah, that I didn't know. Uh, with other, you know, t- comedians. I mean, it was adult entertainment. It wasn't a kids show. Uh, it was making fun of kids shows. And and I, as I, I think I read somewhere that he wanted it to feel just a little awkward and a little uncomfortable. That was part of the shtick. Right. That is this guy for real? Is he not for real? Yeah. Uh, he also, d- I, you'd see him every now and again especially in recent years where he's doing just a, a role in a movie and he's playing somebody, you know, a completely different character. He was actually a fairly decent actor in some of the things that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, he, did, he had no qualms with taking it completely over the top. Oh, yeah. Apparently, uh, with some of the stuff that he had done. What was, was the he, movie? He played a vampire in a movie. Oh, what was that? Oh, hell, I can't remember I now. I don't remember either. That was funny as crap, but I get, James is looking it up. I can't remember what the movie was. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But I remember it was funny as crap. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the funniest thing I ever saw, it was one of those m- moments with an audience where he just nailed it, and it was after the porn theater thing. <laughs> At the MTV Awards. Was it, the, it was the MTV Awards, <laughs> yes. He comes up, and he hasn't made any public statements. All you have in your mind is that picture of him with the long hair, looking yeah. all you know creepy. And he comes out, and what's he say? Heard any good good jokes jokes lately? lately? And everybody just (laughs) lost it. It was brilliant, man. It was brilliant stagecraft. He was in the 92 Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. That's what it was. That's what it was. All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. After all of that happened, he kind of pulled back a bit from from being in public, because he was pretty much everywhere for a few years as a character. Yeah. Uh, He'd pop up at award shows and this, that, and the other thing, and... um, and then after all that took place, he kind of backed off. We didn't really see that much. Yeah, of him anymore. again, like he, to he, the relief he, of many, I'm sure. Well, but, yeah. I mean, I, again, you know, it, I mean, I didn't like. I said, I, I thought the movie was really funny. I yeah. didn't watch the show, right? But I almost got kind of a Andy Kaufman feel from him that yeah. that he he built this character, and the character really was meant to provoke you somehow. Mm-hmm. 
right. whether it's is he for real? Is this you know crazy or is it really funny? And I think that was just a part of it, you know, of never quite knowing, you know, where the joke began or where you were the joke actually on occasion. You know? I th- I think that was probably it. Yeah. You know, and he was just a weird guy. You Maybe know? he was just a weird dude. The, man. the whole thing was weird. But yeah, if you watch, you know, go back and watch the show, and I've only watched it a handful of times. Right. It, it was. Completely innovative. Oh, yeah. And a bit ahead of its time. Absolutely. And, and probably totally off base with its targeted audience. But Kids yeah. are probably looking at it going, what? What is this? You know, but I, I think Adults are what, laughing their asses off. That's what made it work. It was yeah. so fast and manic that, you know, for the average kid who has the attention span of a gnat, right. uh, it made perfect sense. So. Let me grab a quick phone call. Rude Dog, how you doing? Doing well, and you? Pretty good, man. What are you thinking? Uh, I was just going to tell you the... My memory of uh, Paul Rubin, he sure. uh, came and he uh, visited our ship in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Oh, wow. And I would guess this would be 89, so he'd already had his problems and everything. And, of course, everybody on the ship is trying to get him to say something P.B. Herman-like. And he didn't do it until he walked off. And we were kind of ho- hollering at him off the side of the ship, and he went, ha-ha. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing, That's the only funny, thing dude. got out of but was he a nice guy? I mean, was it a cool visit? You know, every time, a, like a they rescued Billy Joel one time in downtown Waikiki, and the, of course the officers took charge of. We didn't get to really hang out with him. Right. We were all enlisted to. Him, so, but, yeah, but he was a fairly decent dude from what I. I mean, I right. got to pass him in a passageway, and it seemed like he sure. was a fairly decent dude. Well, thanks for the call, man. That's funny. Yeah, we'll, and we'll we'll uh, appreciate the call. And David, if you want to hang on, we'll go to you when we get back. It's Sean on News Talk Five Fifty KTSA. Your smart speakers are only smart because they listen to KTSA in the car, at work, at home. Tell your smart speaker to play KTSA. Yeah. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 107-1940. On the Sean Show, and oddly enough, I'm Sean, and the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Let's take another peewee call. That sounded funny. Uh, Here's uh, David. David, how are you? Hey, long time no no talk, Sean. I was in the hospital for about four and a half months, but I'm recouping. Re- oh, I'm, I'm so glad, brother. You know, I know what that's like, man. That's about the same same yeah, amount of time, I'm, man. God bless you, man. You doing all right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just learning how to walk. I'm getting out of the wheelchair, and it was crazy, absolutely oh, crazy. God bless you. you. Value your health when you have it. You yeah. better. Anyway. Hey, um, you know, Pee Wee Herman was a very odd character, but he had a unique stick about him that hit really hit hit home with a lot of people. That kind of modern uh, back in the eight, late eighties uh, escape from the reality on Saturday morning. I just sat down. You know, I'm, I was thirty years old then. I just sat down there and laughed my backside off with him. You know? <laughs> it was so yeah, bizarre, was and I I love weird crap. I mean, admittedly, I just like weird crap, and that was. The Pee Wee's uh, yeah. Playhouse was weird, man, but it was yeah, fun. That's, weird. That's why my wife. That's I'm weird. That's why my wife married me 35 years ago. <laughs> anyway, my, my wife didn't find out I was so damn weird till after she married me, and that's what she's still upset about. Yeah. But. Anyway, I did, this morning they they found finally found Pee Wee's bicycle out here at Stone Oak. <laughs> they found his bicycle yeah. in Stone Oak. Yeah, you know, he lost his bicycle or it was stolen somewhere, and he, they found it out here at Stone Oak, and he had a very nice response. Well, Sean, I really want to thank you very much for the, t- for the time today. Ha, 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 ha. Thanks, man. <laughs> hey, rock on, man. Thanks for the call. They're starting, Francis. Starting to get peewee imitations on the air now. <laughs> I do not do a peewee Herman imitation. No. You can't imitate. I can't imitate that guy. You know, if- Get the, a weird, quick story for sure. about somebody who did Pee Wee Herman impersonation. Right? I'm yeah, he was he was a comedian. Oh, really? And he was based, you know, in in Massachusetts or whatever. And for whatever reason, he came up to Maine to kind of work out some material, or whatever. And one day, I was at the we were at this lake at this general store, and the cashier would stand, you know, in front of this big window where you could look out, and behind them you could see the lake or whatever. Right. And between, and there was this road that ran in front of the store. And all of a sudden, there's all this murmur. There's this, what's going on? <laughs> this guy is riding by the front of the store, and he looks just like Pee Wee Herman. 
and he's riding a bike. <laughs> And he's going by the store, and he's doing the whole peewee thing. La, 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 la. <laughs> you know? Out of nowhere, this giant dog decides he's going to chase this peewee. Oh, no. And the guy goes, ah! And he starts paddling. <laughs> Did he stay in character? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest oh, thing. Oh, that's great. So we were talking about it on the air the next day, because I couldn't wait to tell everybody about it. <laughs> but it wasn't actually him. It the was the guy, guy that, The wow. guy called up. And he told us his deal. Yeah, wow. you know, I, I just I'm a prop comic. I do I do impersonations, right. and Pee Wee is one of the guys I do. And this dog started chasing <laughs> me down, down the road, and I said, "But you never broke character." He's like, "Well, there are people watching." I go, <laughs> but that's not easy to do when you're no. fearing for your well, well, ass getting chewed off by know, a rabid dog. When there's a German Shepherd chasing you down the street, that's and you're riding the funny. Bike. Oh, it's the funny. Always thing, stay in know. character, man. Yeah. Never break character, man. Yep. Stayed with it the whole time. I I I think one of the funniest things he ever did was the was nice dreams with Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Talk about a zeitgeist. Talk about a guy who etched his place in pop culture history forever yeah. as the Hamburger Man. Yep. I'm the Hamburger Man. Hamburger. I mean, it was so weird. <laughs> but they were in a, they, weren't they in a lunatic asylum in that part of the movie? I think they were. Hamburger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm not sorry. I mean, he had such a small role in that movie. Yeah. But man, Nice Dreams is actually, I think, one of the better Cheech and Chong movies. That that movie was uh, was funny as hell. But yeah, I'll never forget the Hamburger Man because at school we were all walking around. I'm sorry. He used to go up to chicks in high school. I'm sorry. He was in the Blues Brothers too. Played was like, he? Yeah, he played like a bellhop or something. Oh my god, he did! I forgot. Yeah. Oh, holy crap! Well, he was he a had... server at the restaurant or something. It was a very brief role. Yeah, he wasn't there for long. But... Yeah, he did the bellhop in the first Cheech and Chong movie. Oh, he did. Yeah, and it was a server in the Blues Brothers. That's yes. Right. Yeah. And then he just shows up in the crazy house as the Hamburger Man. Yeah. And I forgot he was the vampire. Well, you know, look, and I, I, I kind of touched on this earlier, and and I, this is this is absolutely one of the great truths I've embraced in my life, and it took me a while to get there. Okay, if you can make people laugh, just make them laugh. That is the best. That's a ble- that's a best thing you can do for somebody. It's just to crack them up. And and what I like about guys like Pee Wee Herman is they'll go as far as they have to go to make you laugh. And it's great, man. I know he was probably a freaking weirdo. (laughs) But who cares? I don't care. He would have to be. He would almost have to be a little (laughs) screwed up to pull that shtick off, man. So God bless him. 210-599-5555. John Wayne Service Company. I'm a huge fan. Uh, And you know what? I'll tell you about John Wayne coming up next hour. (laughs) I just realized where I am. I've lost an hour in my mind. I love John Wayne, actually, and uh, uh, they've done a lot of work for me, so we'll talk to you about them coming up next hour. I'm sorry! I got Pee-wee on the brain, man. 210-599. I keep thinking it's 1045. I got short timers because I'm taking time off, dude. I'm taking time off, and I want to go the hell home. 210-599. 599 It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's talk station. Yes, people voice their opinions. You talk. We listen. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. Coming up uh, at 10.05, I, I want to ask you... About some uh, uh, some stuff that I've I've now heard a couple of times about city workers and the migrant center. Uh, I want to talk about that coming up at ten oh five. But right now, I got I got to talk about this story about the Doc Martin shoes. Doc Martin's uh, shoes they, they they've they've done something that's very much like the Bud Light thing where they've they've got a special series of shoes that they're putting out there, but they're not actually for sale. You can't buy these. But the company uh, invited a bunch of independent artists to do their own Doc Martin shoe design. Uh, again, not for sale, but more to, I guess, photograph it and look how artsy-fartsy we are and we're socially concerned and all that crap. And they have uh, an illustrator, Jess Vostig, 
uh, who promotes LGBTQ plus semicolon hyphen uh, causes. She describes herself as a queer illustrator. <laughs> Sounds like you're taking a highlighter pen to a lesbian. Anyway, a, a queer illustrator whose art focuses on inclusivity, empowerment, and creating conversations surrounding feminism and the queer community. Crap, you don't care about feminists uh, or feminism. Uh, it, w- the design she offered up, and I, I'm man, I just don't get this crap. As an image of a woman, a highly stylized image of a woman, and she's got very noticeably the scars under her breast from a mast from a double mastectomy. They're calling it top surgery in the trans community. I guess that's something to be proud of. That you're such a sick dumbass that you would have your own breasts surgically removed, even though they're completely healthy. That's, I guess, now a sign of empowerment. I mean, it's so nauseating. My mother-in-law is a breast cancer survivor. I know a few other people who survived breast cancer. Okay, these are women, biological women, not hairy-ass dudes pretending to be women, but real women, who had to have double mastectomies or even single mastectomies to save their lives so they could keep freaking living. All right? That's empowering, because then these very strong biological women who have survived breast cancer have to, well, go about their lives and deal with that. And it ain't easy, from what I'm told, from biological women. And the fact that you tranny jackasses have made a breast, a mastectomy scar... It's something for you to use in your crummy little handouts and your crummy little memes and your crummy little versions of Doc Martin shoes is sick, man. It's just freaking sick. What in the hell is wrong with you? That's, you know, oh my, ah, that pisses me off. Okay, the pronoun thing is just really freaking annoying, all right, which is why I don't do it because it's also stupid. And a lot of the other agenda pieces you people are all about is equally stupid, all right? It's a steaming sack of jive, all of it. It really is, that you're actually the other gender. But the breast scars, yeah, you really freaking lose me on that one. You freaking lose me. That's something to celebrate. Somebody having perfectly healthy breasts removed, or worse, you creeps encouraging children. To have their breasts removed. It's sick. It's disgusting. It makes me want to barf. And and I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I guess that's about as that's as deep and analytical as I'm gonna get, okay? You're a bunch of sick jackasses with the top scar thing. Holy crap. You know? I I, I y- y- seriously, the left in this country who were the uh, vanguard uh, uh, vanguards of the original feminist movement, which was about biological women being considered equal citizens under the law. And you've completely warped it into this narcissistic bullcrap about your freaking stupid life choices. It's a psychosis, man. It's weird. Anyway, two one zero. I'm glad I got that off my chest. I, that was, you know, I, the, the the breast scars thing. No, I I can't I can't roll with it. I can't roll with anything you guys are handing out right now. To be honest with you, first off, your freaking obsession with ch- obsession with children is also equally sick, and I think criminal. But holy God, the mastectomy scars going to show off your freaking top surgery on a perfectly freaking healthy body. I also have that lovely perspective like my man James here has and Don Morgan, all of us have this experience of having been through some pretty crappy medical experiences. Yeah? And so people, uh, to feed their freaking egos who go under the knife on a perfectly healthy body, is if that's not the very definition of crazy, I don't know what is. I don't know. I really don't know what, what's crazier than that. You're weirdos and not the fun kind. All right, we'll be back. (laughs) Sean Rima, 9 till 11. 
News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm actually convinced that this is the 10 a.m. hour and not last hour because I thought the 9 a.m. hour was the 10 a.m. hour. Why? Because I'm off Thursday, Friday, and Monday, and I got short timers. You got to disconnect your brain from the news cycle uh, every now and again and and, uh, sweep out the attic there. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing, just kind of refreshing and relaxing. Because, baby, the news will make you crazy. Uh, And the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. We don't spend as much time talking about it as we did at one point just to uh, a little while ago, but the border crisis is still that, a border crisis. Uh, horrible, and uh, people just flowing into this city, among others, or being bussed there. Yeah, yeah. Greg Abbott's sending a few to New, to New York and Philly and Baltimore, but the, the largest, uh, if you will, transporter of illegal immigrants would be the Biden administration. Uh, fentanyl, uh, yeah, what are we hearing about fentanyl right now? Uh, yeah, let's see, uh, at the, uh, executive, uh, level, uh, the Biden administration, uh, is going to roll back some sanctions on the Chinese government that were put in place during the Trump era, uh, so that they can open the door to more discussions about how to stop the flow of drugs and violence and illegal uh, immigrants uh, across the border. So we, we have to make things a little, as far as supplying the crap for the fentanyl, uh, we, we need to have a discussion with China, and the only way that discussion with China can happen is if we make things a little easier for them, because that makes sense. But, you know, we're, we're still being overrun. I, I don't know if you're rolling uh, rolling around town you know, like I, I do, I, I just in the past few months since my wife's been in night school, I've spent, you know, probably more time in the west side, uh, the far west side than I have uh, uh, throughout the other years. And just in general, just rolling through town, even kind of taking notice of stuff as I'm going home. I, I drive 410 uh, to Leon Valley. Uh, there's garbage everywhere. I mean, there's garbage freaking everywhere. Ah, and there's people freaking everywhere. Uh, Used to be, and my wife would would point this out to me, that if you're on the west side, there were certain overpasses where you would always have some folks that were kind of living there, hanging out there, doing whatever there. But now you're seeing it pretty much under almost every overpass that I roll home on uh, uh, when I leave work. Garbage and people, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, and I, I haven't been to the area where the migrant center is, uh, in a while. Uh, we used to, uh, go by that neighborhood quite a bit because we'd go, go by the, uh, the grotto there and light a candle and say some prayers. And apparently that neighborhood has just been destroyed by this migrant center. And I, I gotta tell you about an email I got. I, this is, I'm, I'm only bringing this up because this is the second time I have heard about something going on and uh, from two separate people separated by months. Uh, but this is the second letter I've received describing, uh, and I, I cannot vet this. I don't know who this person is. I don't know if they're telling the truth or if they're, if they're absolutely full of crap. I cannot verify anything I'm, I'm about to describe to you right now. All I'm telling you is that this is not the first time I've heard of this. Uh, and when multiple people are telling you the same thing and they're independent of each other, it kind of lends credence to to what they're putting out there. But but again, me as a person, I have no idea. Uh, but I'm I. This is the second message now I've received where either a current or former city employee is claiming that they are being uh, pressured to work one day a week at the migrant center. During their normal work hours. These are city employees. Uh, in 2019, as a city employee, I was directed by my supervisor that I had to work at the downtown migrant center one day of the week during my normal working hours. When I asked if I could be excused, since I did not think it was ethical as a city employee that I should not be working at the downtown migrant center on city time, I was informed that I would receive four hours of compensation time if I worked at the migrant center. 
I still declined, and I was informed that if I did not participate as a city employee, that it would reflect on my performance review and that I would be rated below average on teamwork in the review. Again, I can't verify anything I just read you. Just something that somebody is saying to me. Actually, they sent it out to Trey and I for Ware and Rima. Uh, this person also claims that they have since left uh, their employment with the city. Uh, but again, is claiming that it's a mandate from the mayor that says Sydney employees must work an eight-hour shift, even overnight, at the Joe Freeman Migrant Center. And that the payroll funds will be coming out of the city's general fund. Now, again, can't verify that. And I don't even know if there's a legal issue here. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not versed in city contracts and city employment and how that stuff works. But I am kind of, I'm just kind of curious about the idea of it. I'm curious about this idea that city employees would be forced or pressured to work a day, one day a week at the migrant center. Uh, and I'm curious as to whether or not anybody listening uh, has experienced this as a current or former city employee. And if that's you, and if you want to call me up and tell me this is something you've dealt with too, you're anonymous. We won't say who you are. We don't know who you are. So if you want to call up and, and let us know, I'm just kind of curious if, if this is something that's going on. Because, again, this is the second person I have heard this from. And uh, the first time I got an email about this was months ago. And it was ob- observably so from a different person. Now, I, I've also heard, and again, can't verify it, that there are buildings in that warehouse district off uh, the airport or down by the airport where in some of these empty buildings they're putting migrant kids. I had somebody uh, send me an email, uh, I don't know, James, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, saying that they work in that area and there's a building, I think that was a, a closed business or a business that was no longer in operation, and this person claimed they saw little kids staring out the windows of this warehouse. Again, I don't know. I can't verify anything I'm putting out there. But it is an interesting thought that you would be uh, working the migrant centers using city employees on city time. And they have to do it or they suffer professionally somehow. And it's an interesting thought that the city would feel the need to, I, I guess maybe the migrant center it can't hold all the kids. They're shoving them into warehouses. I don't know. Uh, but I could certainly understand if somebody were put in that situation who felt the housing of these people and the using the using of city funds to care for these people as a bad thing or something they're not ethically in line with, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't been down to that neighborhood with the migrant center in a while. James, have you been by there recently? I don't know how bad it's gotten. I just know that, uh, when we were talking about the migrant center quite a bit, uh, last year that we heard all kinds of awful crap, like people were starting to knock on people's doors and demanding money. People are getting accosted in parking lots and the stores in that neighborhood, I know that I, again, I, I see garbage in people everywhere and certainly in places where I didn't used to. We got more homeless people in my neighborhood on a regular basis. And my neighborhood's on the, on the northwest side. You know where it is. Just inside the loop there. That's pretty far from downtown and the areas where you normally have, you know, populations of homeless people. And they're showing up in my neighborhood. I'm not complaining because I hate hope, homeless people. I'm just taking notice of it. Uh, but, but Greg Abbott's the heartless one, right? Greg Abbott's the horrible person who's sending a smattering of migrants, uh, to New York and other cities to make a point that you're not very much of a, you're not, you're not a very good sanctuary city if you can't handle uh, a f- couple of hundred migrants. And apparently I-, I believe our city is being swamped with these folks. I believe that also is by design. Uh, as I believe the open border is by design, and the people who are who who have designed this disastrous policy, if you if you can even call it that, 
only care about the political outcome. They do not care about the human wreckage that comes with it. Uh, San Antonio was a hub for trafficking prior to the the Biden administration opening up the borders. So it's got to be a thousand times worse now. And I'm just wondering, I don't know if the mayor's office is listening, but Ron, is this the... uh, is this the, uh, you know, the crap and the people and the violence and the crime all over the place? Is this what you meant about evolving San Antonio into a world-class city? It, did, did, what, did what you actually mean by that business of turning us into a, or transforming uh, San Antonio into a world-class city, is that we'd be just as crappy as a lot of other cities around the world where they're barely holding on to anything resembling law and order? where businesses are closing every single stinking day because of the looting and the stealing and the rioting and the weirdness and the violence, the random violence? Is this what you envisioned uh, San Antonio to be as a, again, quote-unquote, world-class city? Seems to me like the city's going to hell. <laughs> and I love this city. I'm not being a jerk. I'm, I'm saying, you, you're, aren't you noticing it too? You know, I know I've repeated myself on this one a few times, but uh, again, late last year, I remember driving to Ingram Mall for some stuff, something we had to do, and I hadn't been there in a while. And on the road there to the mall, you're seeing through the woods there in between uh, apartment complexes, a freaking tent city. You know, it's everywhere now. So I don't know, I, I get with the thing, uh, this idea of the city forcing people to work at the migrant center for a, a day a week, uh, I don't know if that's going on, but if it is and you've experienced it, give me a call, 210, or send me a message if you feel safer doing it that way. Sean at KTSA.com, Sean at KTSA.com. Let's take a break. It is Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. Yeah. 21 minutes after 10. I'm Sean. I have now exactly four hours and 48 minutes before I go on vacation for five days. But I'm not obsessing on it or anything. Uh, Jerry, you're on News Talk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? Well, talking about these migrant processing centers in San Antonio, there's one on San Pedro. That's the uh, one I, I've heard is really bad. Yeah, you know, we went to, my wife and I went to dinner. We didn't know anything about it. We went there to CeCe's, and it was empty. Great food, great place. But about every 15 minutes, uh, we noticed across the street, people were walking across. They'd go in and talk to the cashier, and the cashier would shake their head no, and they would walk back out. And I noticed that they all wore ta- basically the same clothes. They wore sweats and new tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And they would just start walking down the street and stuff, and they were hitting these different businesses up. We just tend to notice that in that area. Right. But those are the things you're talking about. That It's like, what are you going to do with them after they're here, you know? I I don't know, you know. I mean, we have a state law preventing sanctuary city status. Uh, so if we are still conducting ourselves as a sanctuary city, and especially if you're using, if you're using city funds to do it, you're essentially using city funds to break the law, (laughs) to break state law. But, you know, I remember there used to be a vagrancy law when I was a kid. Right. You know, I don't even know if that's applicable anymore, or did they just vote that thing away? I, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to, hard to, hard to know at this point. But yeah. what you, what it what is easy to know is what you see with your own eyes, and yeah. and don't tell me most people aren't noticing a difference in San Antonio since uh, the border was open because I'm seeing it. I see it. It's worse every day, man. There's some naked ass guy walking down Eisenhower uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago when I was driving home, man, screaming his brains out about something. I mean, and the garbage. The one thing I've noticed is just the garbage. You yeah. see garbage everywhere, man. Yeah, so. that's true. You know, the, the state hospital years ago started letting people out that needed to be treated. Right. You know, they closed the, the next. There was a next unit that was over on uh, Babcock. That's that's been changed to something else too. Right. Um, and you know, I I look at people who need mental help, and then there are those 
that are able-bodied that are just strung out on whatever is on right. the to get high on, too. You know, it's like, they're able-bodied. Yeah, doing? I see that a lot, too. You see young guys. Yeah, yeah. I, it, and I, I appreciate the call, man. i got to run. but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you. you know, a lot of it is the, the, the reinterpretation of homelessness by the left because they campaign on this idea, it, despite being the worst elitists, in the universe, they they've always they always campaign on this idea that you got to help people out, and you know it, it, these are human beings and they deserve respect, and you can't put them just shuffle them off to some mental facility or some uh, a, a hospital or lock them up because you know they're just people and they live out of doors, blah blah blah. But a lot of these people do need really intense mental health help. Uh, uh, with issues, uh, we we know just because of all the studies that two of the reasons that folks end up on the streets more than any other reasons are in fact mental health issues and addiction. Uh, so I all I'm saying is obviously the opening of the border by the Biden administration is and by us. Uh, at at the uh, at the uh, city leadership level, continuing to conduct ourselves as a sanctuary city, even though we're not supposed to do that, don't tell me you haven't seen a noticeable difference in this town, because I have, and I've only been here what twelve years, but it's uh, just over the past couple of years, I've I've seen a difference, and it's crap everywhere, it's people everywhere, just wandering about. Uh, and, uh, uh, apparently in the San Pedro area where this migrant center is, it's just destroyed the neighborhood. Again, is this the world-class city that Ron Nuremberg had envisioned, uh, for SA? Uh, 210 Oh, but I, I'm not, there, there's something even more important and a, a much weightier issue than fentanyl killing uh, people every single day, than child sex trafficking, than an open border. And baby, Mark Hamill's on top of it. You may not know this, but today is Tweetless Tuesday. Uh, People are supposed to boycott Twitter today uh, and not tweet uh, because Elon Musk is a bad man, and he's horrible, and he hates trannies and, and black people, I guess. I don't know. Mark Hamill uh, is calling for a Tweetless Tuesday, a boycott, a boycott of Elon. It's a tweet out. It was inspired by some other Twitter idiot. I am proposing that August 1st be a tweet out where blue voters take the day off from tweeting. Think of the revenue lost for Twitter. Okay, baby, Elon has already lost half of the $40 billion that he invested in, in Twitter. And is he blinking or does he seem upset about that? Mark Hamill, it'll only be effective if everyone, all caps, refrains from tweeting on August 1st. Let's show the owner the, all caps, power of the people. Oh, God, there's nothing more nauseating than a freaking boomer. Who can't drop the slogan, man? Power to the no, you guys are power to the man. <laughs> That's who you are, Mark. Mark, nobody cares. Okay, Mark, nobody unless you got a lightsaber lightsaber in your hand, baby. Nobody cares, dude. James, isn't that a guy who should wake up every single day of his life? He and, should have a little Luke Skywalker altar in his bedroom where the first thing he does is roll out of bed and just you know, burn alms to George Lucas for giving him a career. I think that's the only way family recognizes him is because of that movie. Oh, it's Mark. Without without that movie, what what did he, I mean, I know he did his little comic series. He was in a car show, I think, or a car movie at some point. Corvette Summer. Corvette Summer that didn't do much of anything. Uh, the whole he was the whole vehicle for that no pun intended for that whole movie. <laughs> oh, he was? It, it was coming off of Star Wars. Oh, that was after so Star Wars. So he was Wars. a huge star in the movie was Because wasn't of Star great. Wars. Yeah, the movie wasn't great, but it's like, hey, we got the guy from Star Wars in this movie. Mark, you're ugly and you're boring and nobody cares that you're not tweeting today, okay? And the fact that he's tweeting about not tweeting is interesting to me. How do you protest Twitter by tweeting? I don't know. How do you tweet a Twitter boycott? Does that make any damn sense to you? Not at all. 
Luke, Darth isn't your father because if he were, you'd be smarter, okay? You're just, you're boring. I think the only, I mean, he did the Joker voice for a lot of years. He's voiced a lot of cartoons. My favorite Mark Hamill performance, other than ugly-ass Luke Skywalker, okay, is uh, he was Skips in, in the regular show. Remember the, I don't know if you've ever seen regular show. Yeah. It's a trippy little cartoon. Yeah, my kids used to watch it. And Mark Hamill is Skips. Beyond that, dude, nobody gives a crap that you're not going to tweet today. I mean, he could go on, what's the other one? Threads. Why aren't you saying that on Threads? Why are you doing it on Twitter? And why do they, they just despise Elon Musk? When Elon Musk was the electric car guy, they loved his ass. Then he buys Twitter and says a few positive things about about Trump. And now we got to have a tweet off, you know? <laughs> Tweet off. <laughs> I had some Facebook friends say, "Hey, we all know how painful that can be. It'll make you go blind." Yeah. My mom always said, e- "Saying, uh, Elon, what are you doing? You're stupid." And I was like, "The guy just lost twenty two billion, and it doesn't matter. It didn't. He didn't yeah. blink. So how man. stupid is so? He? Mark Hamill's not going to tweet. Oh right. no! And that yeah. will that's really going to put the crunch on Elon, man. He's going to completely change his yeah. whole model of business, well, man. He, if Mark Hamill were serious, he would just get off of it altogether. Just don't go on Twitter, you do, fool. Do something else. You know what Jedi Elon, idiot. Elon's going to do? He's going to name a rocket Luke Skywalker or something to <laughs> yeah. just to rub it in his face. Yeah. And it will be the one that blows up intentionally yeah. on the no, pad. Oh, it. the Skywalker rocket didn't make it. Just like Mark's second career. Huh? Much like Luke Skywalker, the character, it loses a wing at some point. <laughs> right. Just flopping around on one Mark wing. Hamill, you... <laughs> Silly little gibbering Ewok, you. All right, two one zero. Harrison had sex with Carrie. Two one zero five nine nine. Rub that, it. In, and she liked it, buddy. <laughs> she liked the Indiana Jones more yeah. than you, pal. All right, two one zero five nine nine fifty five. Harrison and Carrie. Uh, we'll be right back at Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. Make your smart speaker smarter. Stream us. Okay, getting smarter now. This is News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, man. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean Hyde. Phone lines are open 210 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. So according to Rasmussen, Rasmussen, 60% of all of you think uh, Joe is covering up his business deals with Hunter and Burisma and all these other uh, dealios. 60%, two-thirds of all Americans. And, and I, I, I looked at the breakdown of Republicans versus Democrats. I, I, it's, it, you know, obviously more Republicans think that than Democrats, but... You don't get to sixty percent across the board without a whole lot of Democrats thinking the same damn thing. And you know why they think that? Because he is. He is, or they are. I don't Joe doesn't know what freaking room he's in, but they, but they, them, whoever they are, are absolutely <laughs> trying to cover up Joe Biden's corruption uh over the course of his uh his career and his skeezy ass son. Uh, brokering the deals, if you were. And, yeah, over 20 calls, according to Devin Archer. Over 20 calls, business calls, uh, where Joe Biden uh, is there in the room and makes sure to you know pop in and say hello on the Zoom call there. And, and, and watching these idiots, uh, I, I don't know who the congressman that came out directly after uh, and was given the first interview after Devin Archer had finished up his testimony, his deposition. But he was like, no, he was just talking about niceties. He was just being, you know, he just happened to be in the room, and he, so they just said hi to him, you know, so he doesn't feel all lonely. No, he, he, and Archer himself apparently in his deposition said, Biden, Joe Biden sold the brand. In other words, he was the brand. He didn't have to specifically say anything on the phone about the specific dealio going on at the time. But if you're if you're Hunter freaking Biden and your whole business is, hey, I'm the president's son. I got access. You want things to happen. I can make them happen. You just need 
the old fart to be sitting in the Oval Office or sitting in the room when you're talking to these guys and let them know he's there. That's it. Deal done. Okay? And, and watching these these people, you know, oh, just talking about niceties. Just be nice. And, and, and moreover, here's, here's what the swamp is. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I, one of my old... Older favorite movies is Serpico with Al Pacino. Serpico, which is based on an actual NYPD undercover cop back in the 70s or late 60s, I believe, named Frank Serpico. And at that time, corruption in the NYPD was so complete and basically a foregone conclusion that when you joined the police force, you know, you pretty much expected... You were going to get an envelope of cash at the end of each week or after every two weeks. And for that envelope of cash, which you were obligated to take, uh, you turned a blind eye to certain folks, turned a blind eye to certain things you saw. And again, it was just a matter of course. It's just what you did. Uh, And Frank Serpico uh, was kind of the fly in the ointment, uh, just like some of our Congress people, at least, you know, a a relatively small amount of them are raising a stink about what's going on uh, with Burisma and Hunter. But it's it's the entire swamp. It's everything inside the beltway. I really when you talk about Joe Biden making money, I agree. That guy is raking it in, man. Cognitively, I don't think he's even there anymore. And most of the time, they're just really trying to get him through whatever appearance he has to make and then back to, uh, you know, lying down and eating some freaking pudding or something. (laughs) Or instant mashed potatoes. Whatever Joe can chew. But they make money hand over fist. And I think it's kind of the same idea. It's just what you do. I don't know that Joe Biden, a guy like Joe Biden, who is an absolutely, completely... 100% 100% a political creature. There's no soul there. There's no humanity. He is American politics. And in American politics, you can you can stand to make a crap load of money. You can make a vast fortune during the course of your uh, time in public service. And they all do it. He's just what we have as the most extreme example. But the idea of making money off your position, your elected position in politics... Joe Biden didn't invent that, okay? That's the result of allowing a political class to come into being, which this country did. You and I, we allowed it. Not you and I specifically, but over over a period of several generations, we have allowed the dark state to come into existence. And the idea of the farmer legislator and the person who does his time to help the country then goes right back, that civic idea, that's gone, baby. It is largely a money-making machine. And frankly, a lot of this socialism crap is also about keeping the money river flowing. You just give people, everybody's getting something, right? If you're a congressman, and let's talk about, we talk about, and where in Rima, we talk about big pharma all the time. Let's talk about that. Okay, so you're, you'll sit and have lunch with a lobbyist. And the lobbyist uh, will uh, maybe sport you a vacation or some dinners or maybe just straight up cash to perhaps perhaps a political action committee or your personal charity, whatever it may be, as a congressperson or a senator. And then oddly, uh, when it comes time to vote on a certain piece of legislation, or maybe, hell, you'll just write a piece of legislation that is beneficial to Big Pharma. Well, everybody wins. See what I'm saying? It's just what you do, dot, 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 dot. And there's really no other explanation for how these people end up so filthy freaking rich. And I got nothing against rich people unless you're a corrupt politician who is supposed to be there for the public good. At least that's what's coming out of one orifice on your body. So uh, nothing surprising here with Devin Archer. It is surprising the scope of it. Uh, in the implication of policy being sold for cash. But again, uh, when you turn on ABC News, you're, you're going to hear about the Trump indictment thing and turn on MSNBC or CNN or any city, uh, any given city uh, television news station. That's, that's going to be the draw. That's going to be the lead story. Not, nothing about Devin who? 
So 210-599-5555. Tom, hang on. I'll come to you as soon as I get back. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Stay out of backups and jams. Get the latest traffic and weather together throughout the day. San Antonio's News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean, Mark B. Van Camp, and Robin's coming up next. I love that show. And I'll be back tomorrow. That I'm going to be off Thursday, Friday, and Monday. Yeah, that worked out well. <laughs> And uh, Tom, hang on. It could, it could actually be kind of a long five days. My wife and I, are, we're not having an issue, but I, I, well, I screwed up and I accidentally used the wrong word when describing something and it, it it's kind of stuck with her. And so we're, it's not a big thing, just a little thing we're dealing with. It's probably will be fine. Right. Be just fine. So you were describing something to your wife. Well, we. we and you we, used a term that she wasn't a fan of. Well, we had a. A little get together with all the she she's in a class a, a night class to learn how to become a community health worker. Okay. It's a new profession. Yeah. So Saturday we got together and they had all the classes. We all kind of hang, hung out, played Lotharia, and, and had some food and got to know each other and it was fun. Right. And she has a professor that runs her class and she's younger. She's young. She's a young person. She's not. She's young. My wife's not old, but she's young. And uh, you know, she, we we were having a good all of us. And her, her professor is very funny. As you your know, t- and, as uh, your as your attorney, I think you might want to stop this. Well, yeah, no, I just no, we're walking okay. out, all and right. she really has a great deal of admiration for her professor. And she's Mexican. She's young Mexican, and we're we're walking out of the uh, class, and she's like, "Ah, my Mister John, my professor. She's so cool. She's so funny." I'm like, "Yeah, she's funny, man. She really is." Yeah, I like her a lot, Mister John. I went, "Yeah, she's adorable." Oh, Wait a man. minute! What's wrong with the door? Wrong with that? Is this your 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 age thing? No, it's just the a word. No. Oh, she's adorable, is she? Oh, Why don't you explain how freaking adorable she is? What is it? This is all I've heard for three days. What is it? Uh, what's so adorable about her? Ah, huh? well, the next time, call her attractive. And well, I kept. Well, no. Are you? What do you want to? <laughs> Do you want to see me die? Well, there's no, a, I'm just, there's I'm, I'm like, no, words. baby, I meant like adorable, like she's a lot of fun to be around. Oh, now she's a lot of fun to be around, you know, and I'm like, don't, baby, I didn't mean it that way. And so for the rest of the night, the past, this was Monday night for the past two days, John's got a crush on my professor, John's got a crush on my professor, John's got a crush on my professor. So don't use attractive and Don't I can't adorable. say anything because the minute I laugh, then she, oh, I, I see it. You do think she's adorable, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, baby, I think you are adorable, baby. You're my little can of beans. You're my little can of beans, right. baby. You gotta, you gotta take it the opposite. You get right. complete opposite direction. Right. You know, because my wife has uh, several very attractive friends, and when they stop Careful. by her, when I, when I'm. <laughs> When I'm around, oh, she's not listening. Okay. And so when we're around them, right? Uh, she'll say, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Man, I can't stand her." You got to play it. God, she's God, your prof is such a drag. About something. <laughs> I was talking about. So you can play. Just nothing good to say about anything, and the whole thing with her dog. I don't give a crap about that. Hey, so, dude. What? How many? How many friends does she have? A lot. All right, yeah. Jimmy, he's yeah. Jim sick. You need I'm, help moving, but but <laughs> it's a better. But, so when <laughs> see, but when you go off saying, "I ah, just talk, talk, talk," your wife's from Texas, right? Yeah, she's not. She sees for right oh, yeah. through that bull crap, yeah. man. But I think she just waits for me to say something that she can right. you know, take with her and and have a good laugh about it. Well, you know? we've been sure. having a few good laughs at my house too. Yeah, John's got a crush on my professor. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to uh, Tom. Tom, how are you? Hot for teacher. I'll be hearing about that crap when I'm 84. What's going on, man? I'm not just listening. You guys have too much fun. Is there ever a thing called too much fun? No. Nicole, I've had too much fun. (laughs) Better stop that. Back off on that a little bit. What's going on, Tom? Speak. Yeah, Yeah, I've got you. You guys stepping on it all all over the place. I had a question for you. Sure. Have you seen this new deal about the D.C. police opening up a office in uh, Austin? 
No. The D.C. Capitol Police are going to open an office in Austin. What's this got to do with my wife's hot professor? Oh, wait, oh no, I didn't oh, say no, it. Oh, it. oh, no. You said, oh, God almighty. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Yeah, you did. I was just being funny. Mm-hmm. Just making it worse. Does she need help moving? I'm not sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> She need help correcting test papers. Right? You know what's odd? Once, because we have this huge backyard. You've been there, and I'm like, you know, I like, maybe I'll put a tent out there every now and again. I can go out there and do a little writing and get out of the sure. house. Right. She agreed with me. She thought that was a great idea that I live in a tent in the backyard when it's 110 degrees outside. I, I thought she was just being kind, like, oh yes, that'd be nice, you know. But now I realize she wants. I think she wants tent. my ass in a tent in the outside. Wow. With the dogs. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to hear that. Careful when you describe your your beloved's professor. You may think you're saying something completely benign and complimentary, but stay away from the A word. Mm-hmm. Adorable, not a good word. Not good word usage. And the thing is, as soon as the A word left my mouth, I knew it screwed up. Yeah. It's amazing I even said the uh in, a, in adorable, you know, because yeah. I was like, adorable. You know, she's she's so uh, annoying. She's so adorably uh, horrible. <laughs> she's so rude. God, I don't know how you sit through that class. <laughs> oh my God, jeez. <laughs> she's I not would, my type at all. Yeah, if <laughs> I were you, not, I'd, you know. I'd drop out if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta go home now. That'll be fun. Thanks, James. Thanks, Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Don Morgan, and my good brother Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye. What's your name? I can't remember. Where are you from? I can't remember. Can't you remember anything? I remember the Alamo. Yeah! <laughs>